Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Wave Bowl. Each vanity is available in multiple sizes. Okay. Well, it's the cold weather. Blame it on the cold weather. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota on this chilly Saturday morning. Good morning, Mary. The January day to think about gardening. Boy, I, I guess. Well, we'll get the music out of there and then you and I can talk because we. I was looking at the uh, uh, new uh, forecast Mary, and let me get it up here. Yeah, we've dropped to the single digit now uh, to nine degrees. When I uh, signed on this morning, we were 19, and just in a, what, two hours, a little over two hours, uh, it's, uh, we've dropped 10 degrees. Yeah. It's, yeah, and we've got a couple more <laughs> to drop, but that's the, uh, I guess if that's the bad news, that's not too bad. Uh, not, not expecting a whole lot more snow. And then Mary is right. No matter the temperature, we still talk lawns and gardens here on Saturday morning, every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Mary, what uh, what are you going to be doing now this uh, rest of this uh, this week? I mean, uh, a lot of folks are getting those uh, seed catalogs in the mail, and they're going online and doing uh, searching as well. Is that a pretty good thing to do besides uh, getting on the University of Minnesota website? Yes, uh, seed catalogs are coming out now, and um, if you order from a seed company one year, they will usually automatically send you a catalog the next few years. So regular orders from a company can assure you of getting that seed catalog, but you can always go online and look at what a company has for offering online um, as well as, uh, as having the catalog. So I'm going to be looking at my notes from last year's vegetable garden. What uh, varieties did well, which ones didn't do well, which ones I've got three stars by that I want to plant again and make sure I have a list of those. And sometimes that's why we gardeners do order our seed is if we want to make sure we to get a specific variety. Uh, many of our garden centers will have a wide array of uh, tomatoes, peppers, etc. But 
If you're like me and you like winter squash and you want to make sure you get butterscotch winter squash, you pretty much have to go uh, to seed and, and order the seed. So specific varieties, uh, the only way you really can be assured of those is to go directly to uh, the seed catalogs. So it's a little too early to start any seeds indoors. Um, you know, Teresa, one of my colleagues who's been on, talks about winter sowing and, and putting seeds outside in the wintertime. And that's a fun thing that you can do right now. Uh, it's just you, you get the seed already, put it outside, and then wait. And when uh, it warms up a little, it can germinate um, outside. So it's a little too early for me to even think about uh, starting my tomatoes. Yeah. Yet. Yes, yes. We've got a nice okay. uh, uh, guide online at the extension.umn.edu website. And the earliest uh, anything in the guide talks about starting is in February. Some of the things that take the longest, like onions, if you want to grow, I think, again, a specific variety of onions from seed. Uh, then some of our longer uh, crops that take a longer time to germinate and grow uh, will come in. But tomatoes, really, they come in uh, about eight weeks before you want to put them outside. So that's uh, further down the line into March. Mary, we were talking here at our house, uh, something we've never done uh, before as far as gardening, and we're kind of rearranging our backyard. We were, we're talking about building a, a raised bed, a raised garden bed. Is that, uh, is that something difficult to do? Have you done that yourself? Uh, I've kind of done that myself. I have a partially raised bed on the back of my property because it, it has a slope. And so I built like a small terrace and did kind of a, a half a raised bed. It's raised on the south side and not in on the north side. But it is a fairly easy thing to do. And it's a great thing to do if um, you have any concerns at all about the soil quality that you have if you think you might have lead or or if you've got very compacted soil if it's difficult has been difficult to grow plants in it's a matter of uh, putting making a, a a bed that will be above ground and then you put additional soil into that and that is uh, an excellent place to grow plants because they have better oxygen um, they just it's it's a lighter soil and uh, more air exchange for the roots so it's a it's a really good environment with a raised bed so we do have information about that up on the extension website how to build it it's fairly easy and then uh, the Minnesota uh, State Historical Horticulture Society there is a historical society yes. but the Minnesota State Horticulture Society, it's 150 years old, this society this year. They um, actually have a garden in a box program where they, um, in community gardens or individuals, work with people to get these raised beds going in uh, hundreds of locations. And they they put out, uh, oh, I don't know, six or 700 garden in a box programs last year for people who want to um, to actually do this. So, yeah, so that it is a good way to do it. And this is a good time of year to think about that. Think about what materials you're going to need, uh, where you're going to put it, where to do it. And this is a good time of year to think about that. Think about what materials you're going to need, uh, where you're going to put it, where's the sunniest 
location in your on your property. And yeah, so making plans for a raised bed is great to do in January. Yes, indeed. And I, I think, too, that uh, not only would it be fun to have uh, vegetables and or flowers, but there's less lawn to mow, which is a plus so <laughs> for me. So always look at the bright side. Uh, Mary, That's we're going right. to take a, a quick break here, but let's invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, don't wait, because if you're a regular listener of the show, you know we tend to get really busy. So we'd love to help you out either by phone or by text. If you want to call and chat with Mary Meyer, fine. If you want to send her a text, same number for either, 651-461-9226. Any long along with Mary Meyer on our Smart Garden Show here, 9 above zero on News Talk 830. Nine degrees above zero, our current temp. We may hit a six above and a windy day right now going on. And uh, maybe uh, one to two inches of snow overnight tonight and about the same for tomorrow night. We'll catch up on that forecast in just a matter of minutes. We're in the midst of our lawn and garden show. We call it Smart Garden. Helping you out this morning, Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. You can call Mary or text Mary. Uh, your indoor or outdoor gardening questions, 651-461-9226. That's the text number. It's also the phone number again, 651-461-9226. Here's one, Mary. Uh, It says, I did not get my tulip bulbs planted this fall. They are currently stored in my garage. Can I plant in the spring or store until next fall? Do I need a storage medium so they don't dry out? Well, uh, this happens to a lot of us, I think, that we find our tulip bulbs when uh, the snow is on the ground. Uh, What I would do is I would plant those tulips in a container right now with potting soil because there might be a chance that you could force them, get them to bloom indoors. But it's very unlikely that they will live and and flower uh, if you plant them outside this summer. Uh, yeah, it's there. They are used to having uh, a cold treatment, which is our. We plant them in the fall, and then they through the winter time they get the cold treatment, and then they flower in the spring. So they probably have had a cold treatment in your garage. Uh, refrigeration temperature is enough for. Um, their cold treatment. So I'd put them in a container with some soil, just the the tips of the bulbs at the top of the soil, water them, put them in a sunny location and see if they uh, wouldn't bloom inside. Otherwise, I don't think there's a chance for them uh, because every day after the fall where you don't plant them, uh, usually I say past Christmas, it's getting really iffy for those bulbs to still be alive. Let's talk a little bit, Mary, and then I'm going to grab some uh, some text messages uh, about the. You mentioned the the University of Minnesota website extension.umn.edu. With newer listeners, we're always getting on the show. Uh, they should really check that out because if you don't have to be a master gardener, you can just be a beginning or a wannabe, and there is so much good information. Like for instance, I know we're we're getting early in the game here. But there's a whole uh, plan there. If you want to you spruce up your lawn, there's something you can find there, too, a whole, I guess, a great directions on a, a whole process there. That's just one item. Right. We have a lot of different um, 
topics in gardening, pretty much everything you could think of. And Julie Weisenhorn has done a lot of the work on the website, making the lawn calendar for what to do at different months of the year, what to do in even different holidays of the year as far as your your lawn goes. Uh, we've got a lot of growing guides for starting seeds, growing different flowers throughout the summer. And recently we've put up a lot of information about pollinators, how to um, attract a pollinators, native bees and so on to your landscape. We've got information on birds, attracting birds in the winter. Lots of people like to feed birds in the winter with, of course, bird feeders. But there's shrubs that you can plant not only for cover, but for food throughout the winter. And wildlife and birds will feed on different types of berries at different times of the year. Uh, sometimes they like to wait for the berries to really freeze and thaw through the winter, so they won't eat some berries until really late winter or early spring. So gardening for wildlife is another topic that uh, we address on the extension.umn.edu website. It's a great website. We'll mention that again, certainly, as we we do in the past shows. 651-461-9226. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, call it in or text it in at that number, 651-461-9226. Let's grab a phone call. Bill is calling in, I believe, from Waverly this morning. Thanks, Bill. What's your question for Mary? Uh, well, good morning. I'd like to show that. Thank you. I got... Uh, I was wondering how easy it is to rip cuttings off the elderberry, wild elderberry I got around here. I think it's pretty easy, Bill. Um, Elderberry is a nice uh, native shrub. It has those berries that I was just talking about that birds really like. Uh, Many people think elderberry is kind of weedy. Uh, It will uh, start to grow very easily from seed on its own. But if you want to root cuttings, um, you could do that. I would try early spring when the what we call the softwood cuttings, just as the plants are starting to grow and um, take, you know, where, where the leaf comes out on the stem is the same place that a root can come out. So if you take the bottom leaves off, take take a six or eight inch piece of stem and take the bottom leaves off, put those into a moist potting soil, uh, the uh, node where the leaf is is where the roots will come out. And um, just keep that well watered, and it should be fairly easy um, to do that. Uh, we actually... Have a first uh, of the uh, of the day today. A creeping Charlie question, Mary. Is is there a pre-emergent that treats creeping Charlie? Good question. Um, yes, most of the pre-emergent uh, herbicides. These are ones that kill the seeds. So pre-emergent. That's before the seed comes up. Killing the seed is um, is something that some chemicals do. They kind of make a film on top of the soil so that seedlings don't get through that film. And creeping Charlie seeds, yes, can be killed by pre-emergent uh, weed killer. Um, this only works, though, if you put this on in an area where you have no uh, plants of creeping Charlie. I mean, because a pre-emergent won't kill an existing plant. 
So if you have existing plants of Creeping Charlie, and, you know, this is a tough perennial for our climate, uh, it, it'll kind of die back on the top, but the roots and the stolons, the stems that root so easily of Creeping Charlie, they will live. So uh, the pre-emergent only kills seeds, not existing plants. But, yes, you could put that pre-emergence down. That is uh, usually in May is the timing for that. We use pre-emergence a lot for crabgrass because crabgrass is an annual, only comes back from seed. But the issue with Creeping Charlie is you'll have seed and then those persistent uh, perennial uh, roots and stolons. Uh, keeping on the uh, thoughts of uh, uh, our lawns, I know it's early for that, but when when do you put a pre-emergent down? What time of year? And if you want the crabgrass preventer or weed and feed, whatever you're going to be putting down, when do you do that? Certainly not when you're seeding at the same time. I know that, but when's a good right, time? That's, yeah, that's right. So never, because pre-emergents kill all seed, the good seed, the lawn seed, and flower seed, as well as uh, weeds. So, yeah, pre-emergence is a weed killer, something you put down when you're not uh, hoping for any other seeds uh, to start germinating. But the timing is really critical in this. And so there there are websites, and we link to these websites on from our turf pages um, at the extension website. It's The timing really depends on how warm the soil is. So the warmth of the soil, the air and soil temperatures determine when the weed seeds start to grow in the spring. So, you know, I could say put it on May 10th, but we might have um, a really, I mean, what if it starts snowing on May 10th? That's right. <laughs> it can happen in Minnesota. Oh, so yes. that, you know, it's it's really hard to say. Usually it's around mid-May is the timing to do it for most uh, crabgrass in Minnesota. But it really does vary. But we have that seasonal information online. And there are many websites now that track the soil temperature by zip code online and you can put in your zip code and you can find out exactly what the soil temperature is. I could do that today. I don't usually do that in the middle of winter looking up the soil temperatures because it's, you know, it's down there at it's 32 for most of the time in the winter at the soil in the soil and it then it just holds there all winter long. But in the spring things will really start to change. All right. Hang on, Mary. We're going to take a break and have a look at that uh, forecast. If we dare, because it looks like it's uh, getting cold once again this coming week. Stay with us. Uh, If you have a lawn and garden question, we have about another half hour of the show to go with Mary. 651-461-9226. We'll grab calls and texts when we return. And good morning. Welcome. Okay, Dave, hang on. We'll We'll get back to you. Uh, in the meantime, we are in the midst of our uh, Smart Garden Show, 651-461-9226. Call or text Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Uh, i tell you what, let's grab a phone call, Mary, then we'll get some text messages answered as well. I think Sally is first up here calling in from uh, Savage. Go ahead, Sally. Thanks for waiting. Yes, thank you. Um Mary, 20 years ago, we went to uh, Amsterdam with you to the Floriad, and we visited the Kuchenhof Gardens and uh, uh, other places, and a a garden there in uh, Amsterdam. 
And I was wondering, do you have any information on the upcoming one uh, this year? Oh, Sally, we had a great time, didn't we? Yeah. 20 years. I can't believe that. Yeah, the Floriad is the big expo, big flower show over there in um, the Netherlands. It's every 10 years. So, yes, it is coming up this spring. Um, I know it's going to go on. Now I'm trying to remember who's doing tours to that. Is the Arboretum doing a tour with Peter Olin or Peter Moe? Oh, my gosh, I've got to look that up. Maybe well, I should not, be going yeah. on this trip. <laughs> you, can, you, can, uh, you can do a little research and, and let us know. And I wonder, too, I mean, the variables because of COVID, that always enters the picture, too. Yes, yes, it really does. That has really changed a lot of what uh, what anyone is doing. And, of course, traveling to a foreign country, and uh, that may, logistically makes it a lot different. But, Sally, thank you for that reminder. Uh, I am looking right now to see what is on with that. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't I don't, what I see on the Arboretum's website is the U.S. tours, Washington D.C., Monarchs of Mexico. That's coming up in February. Texas Hill Country is in April. Coastal Maine in June. But I don't see a tour, uh, at least with the Arboretum for the Floriad. But the Floriad is. Uh, a, a very amazing thing to see. Uh, it is a huge, big, uh, built landscape outside, outside, of course, many acres. And after the exposition that that goes for, for quite a long time uh, this spring, it will become a new built uh, village where people will actually live. So the landscape and the flowers and the horticulture display is built first, and then it it actually becomes a new community where the housing then um, is built and used it because then it becomes like a huge public park. So, yeah, thank you for a great uh, memory, Sally, and calling in about that. So every 10 years that happens, huh? Yes, it's a big, big event. Uh, yes, very, very big. Uh, we don't have anything like that um, here in the U.S., um, and uh, it's, so, it's so big and such a big landscape uh, design uh, and then this creation of a new kind of small city that, yes, it's only done every 10 years. Sounds like fun. Uh, Mary, we have a bunch of text messages. Let's see if we can't field as many as we can. Here's one. Uh, it says, I have uh, low-light, mostly succulent plants, but including large peace lily, dracaena, snake plant, can I go away for two weeks and not worry about watering? Yeah, two weeks, that's about the limit. I think you could get away <laughs> with it. Um, you want to kind of experiment and and uh, t- take two weeks from today and see how those plants look. If you water them really well today, in two weeks, what are they going to look like? Uh, you know, I mean, you're going to be there for assuming you're going to be there. You can test it out and see how it goes. Um, it, depending on what plants you have, peace lily loves a lot of water. You could really soak that. You could even put 
leave that peace lily with standing water. Um, two weeks, that probably would be okay. That's a tough plant. But uh, my citrus that I have, they're never going to handle two weeks without water. They just, they just need a lot of water. So it, it really depends on what plants you have, how big the containers are that they're in. Um, and uh, two weeks might be the maximum. Okay. This uh, listener wants to know, why are my orchid leaves turning yellow? Well, it could be a number of reasons. Uh, Orchids actually do like to have some fertilizer. So I would uh, give them a low dose of liquid fertilizer and see if that helps. Um, Yellow leaves, the oldest leaves of houseplants, um, all of our plants, but the oldest leaves especially noticeable on houseplants often die naturally. So if you're losing one or two of the oldest leaves and there's still other new leaves coming that are green, that's, that really could be normal. But if overall the plant is yellow, then I would say it's probably fertilizer and I would uh, mix up some dilute liquid fertilizer. And uh, if it's dilute, you can water with that even uh, once a week with that uh, and see if that doesn't help. Okay. Our phone number is also our text number, 651-461-9226. This listener, Mary, says, I have three large hanging planters for my deck. My question is, how do I create hanging baskets like I see on the streets of Anoka and Osseo? Hmm. Those baskets that are really large are usually a wire basket that has uh, moss in it. And then uh, it's the plants are planted um, often almost in a circle. So rather than just planting on the top, they're usually a wire basket that has plants put in around the side so that they hang down. So you you can try that method. Uh, don't just plant on the top, but get a container that you can plant in the sides as well. Um, the other thing is what kind of plant you're uh, putting in there. So the petunias, the trail, uh, the, uh, oh gosh, I'm just drawing a blank on that famous petunia. The trailing petunias that are uh, super tunias, et cetera, really are creeping and and have long, uh, much more of a trellis effect than some other plants. So not only how you put the plants in the container, but the actual kind of petunias uh, that you're planting can uh, really make a difference. Okay. This listener looks forward every Saturday to our Smart Garden Show. We thank you for that. And the question is, uh, Monstera needs more frequent watering, the roots are growing out of the pot's drain holes. Is it too early to repot? No, I would say if you have those, uh, if you can see the roots coming out of the drain holes, I'd certainly uh, carefully turn it over, take off the pot and examine what's going on. And if you can see a lot more roots than you can soil, then yes, it's time to think about repotting it. 
so uh, yeah, and this time of year in the winter, I I actually do end up repotting my uh, house plants in the winter. Uh, you know, I have more time because I'm not gardening outside. Uh, the the challenge is, of course, getting the soil. But of course, we can buy that at garden centers, uh, and then. Try not to get a, a make such a big jump from one size pot to another. Um, we think that's easy for us. You know, if you have a four inch pot, you know, maybe you'll go to an eight or a 10 inch pot. Well, that's a big shock for the plant roots. And that puts a lot more moisture and less oxygen around them. So try to gradually increase the size of the pot when you're repotting house plants, um, especially plants like uh, clivias uh, that like to have amaryllis. They like to have a pretty much a small area to grow their roots in. But for your monstera, I would consider, yes, repotting that. Okay. Before we break, Mary, let's grab a call from Don, who is calling in from Farmington uh, this morning. Don, thank you. What's your question for Mary? Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. What do you know about boysenberries and where are they growing? And is there a shortage of them? Boysenberries, um, no, I don't know that there's a shortage of them. Um, I have not personally grown boysenberries. Uh, you can grow them here in our. I have not personally grown boysenberries. Uh they you can grow them here in our climate. It would be a matter of buying the plants in the springtime. Uh, boysenberries, like gooseberries, uh, have kind of a what many people think is a fairly large seed. So they're not um, to many people they're not as palatable. But um, yeah, so I I. I I'd go look that up on our extension website and uh, see what information is there. Uh, it's, it's a matter of buying plants in the springtime, and they're not as common a plant, so you might have to go to mail order sources uh, to get that. And those might come in as bare root plants, which are bare root plants are fine. They just don't have any soil around them, and they're totally dormant. So you just have to work uh, quickly when you get them to to make sure you plant them quickly. Okay. Hang on, Mary. We'll take a quick break and come right back with the the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show. Nine above zero could get uh, maybe one to two inches of snow overnight, maybe one to three uh, over tomorrow night into Monday morning. Stay with us here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show around here on CCU. Every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your texts and calls at 651-461-9226. Mary Meyer from the U of M helping you out uh, today. Mary, bunch of texts. We'll see. Uh, let's see how many we can field before you take your leave today. Here's one. It says, uh, we planted 350 muscari bulbs October 4th. They came up to almost four inches before the final snow cover. You think they will regrow next spring? 
Yes, I think they will. Uh, we often see that in the fall with bulbs will start a little bit to grow depending on what the weather is and, and the, the um, age and health of the bulb. But yes, muscari, the grape hyacinth, that's a, a nice uh, bulb that um, is a good uh, perennial. It will come back for years. It's also one that uh, pollinators like in early spring because it's one of the first things to flower. So, yes, I think you'll see quite a few of those come up uh, when the snow melts. Yes, and that could be a while, <laughs> given the temperature lately. Several right. of the tops of my 25-foot arborvitae hedge turned brown, listener says, during last summer's drought. The trees still look healthy. Question is, should I leave the brown branches or try to cut them back? I guess I would leave them until you're 100% certain that they're they're not alive. So you, if, if 25 feet, can you get to the top of that to see if it's really um, just the uh, brown uh, tips or if the whole stem is dead? I think that'll kind of work itself out. You you'll be able to see more if it's green or if it's just totally brown and dead um, you know you have to really inspect the stem of that to see if there's any green in the stem um, and you know, if it's dead I'd cut it off but if it's semi alive I would just let it go and wait and see uh, what it's like uh, you can do pruning on that arborvita up through the uh, mid-July so anytime in the spring, I think you'll get a better idea uh, if it's totally dead or alive. Totally okay. dead, I'd take it off. Very good. This listener says, we replaced a Diffenbachia that had larger one-inch diameter stalks and large leaves with a new plant about 10 years ago. This new plant has only ever produced a half-inch half weak stems, tiny leaves. How can we grow a larger-sized plant? I'm wondering if you got a totally different kind of Diffenbachia. Uh, there are many different kinds of it. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. You might have to start over with a different plant. Otherwise, I'd say it just needs really good light conditions. Now, Diffenbachia doesn't have to have full sun. But, you know, nothing really likes to grow in the dark. And un we are just coming out of our darkest time of the year. So I would say just make sure it's getting really good light conditions and that you've got well-drained soil so that there, it's not in standing water. Because Diffenbachia doesn't like standing water and it doesn't like a really really dark conditions. So uh, if you have good growing conditions and if your other different bacchia was doing fine in the same location, then I would just get a different plant. Okay. Julia Mankato sent a text, says, Hi, we've lost a significant amount of money in shrubs and plants to rabbits. Is there anything we can do to keep them away? Well, I, barriers, the physical barriers are still the best thing for rabbits. And uh, that, yeah, they don't look good. 
Uh, there are also repellents that you can put on. But during the winter time, it's really hard when we have the snow that increases the uh, range and the uh, amount of plants that rabbits can get to. Other than a physical barrier, that is the best thing. We do have a lot of information on wildlife and management of wildlife. Uh, good, good, good to have wildlife in your yard and sometimes bad when they eat your plants. But we do have a lot of information on that on the extension.umn.edu website. Yeah, do check out that website. You're going to love that. Uh, our listeners are so always great, intelligent, informative. The trailing petunia plant, Mary forgot the name of, is Purple Wave. Oh, yeah, the wave petunias. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I, I've talked so much about the wave petunias. Thank you, listeners. Yes. And I, I also, yeah, I looked up a little bit trying to find a tour for the Floriad. Uh, there certainly are tours. The Colette Tours has tours uh, for that include the Floriad. But I could not find any um Minnesota Hort Society tours. The Arboretum is not going because of COVID. Uh, that is just such a challenge, and especially because the Floriad really opens April fifteenth. Okay. So it's and I I'm trying to it it lasts for most of the summer, but most people go in the springtime and they go to to Kukanoff, which Sally mentioned, and see the tulips and everything. Um, in the springtime is the big time to go to the Floriad. So it's. Um, it's unfortunate that it's such a difficult year to travel. Well, it has been the last year or two almost now. Uh, Mary, we're just about out of time. We've got about a minute to go. Let's talk briefly about the Arboretum, and no matter the whatever the weather, get over there. Yes, the Arboretum is always open. We have not had enough snow to really have great um, cross-country trails, but the snowshoe trails are open, and you can always, of course, walk around at the Arboretum. We have some wonderful galleries there inside to see the uh, artwork. Uh, there's bird watching that you can do. There's the checklist for birds to watch uh, to see if you can see all the birds that uh, are out at the Arboretum. The middle of this week, January 26th, the Arboretum will begin to enforce a vaccine um, verification for people going inside the buildings. But outside, you can continue to walk um, outside and um, enjoy the landscape, get ideas for what to plant uh, It's your own garden. And certainly there's a lot of winter interest in plants that you can see this time of year at the Arboretum. You do need reservations, but there are reservations, uh, hundreds of reservations every half hour for uh, every day coming up. In February will be the flower show at the Arboretum. So oh, one month of beautiful flowers indoors. We'll talk more about that. Mary, always a pleasure. Thanks for all your help today. And stay warm. Have a good week. Thanks, Denny. Always fun to talk about gardening. Yes, indeed. Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Get those home improvement questions ready for Andy next hour here on News Talk 830 WC. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.